It's been a while. Uh, hey, what's up? Uh, hey, Stan, how's it going? Haven't seen you since our massive falling out. Falsified any oncology papers since then? Yep, Danny, that sounds like the one to go with. Stan. Stanley. Stanley. Stanny Stan. Stanny Stan Abrams. What's cracking? Oh, Christ, this is gonna go great. Excuse me, uh, can I help you? Oh, don't mind me. I'm just talking to myself. Like a crazy person. That I can handle. Myself. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> Do you think you could tell me where Stan Abrams' office is? I'm supposed to meet him today. His office is room 304, up those stairs, to the right. Oh, yay! He's on the third floor, because why wouldn't he be? <sighs> hey, Stan. So, what's up with all this crazy government stuff you sent me? Finally fall off the deep end, Stan, huh? Okay, okay, all right, we're gonna do this. Gonna knock on his door, and it's not going to be excruciatingly painful. Oh, yeah. Gonna do it. Right? Now. Come in. The door's open. Danny, you're a little early? Yeah. I guess I am. You look... well. Was your flight okay? Stan. Yes. Sorry. Please come on in and sit down. This may... I should probably just start with the beginning. It's a bit... This is Fire Sign. You're listening to episode two, titled Strange Fits. Fire Sign is written and directed by Chasen Hall and produced by Connor Shostak. It stars Annie Sanger, Aaron Hebert, Rora Broadwin, and Zach Rosen. I hope you enjoy the show. Break out from the darkness. Though I know we'll soon be gone. This part of me thinks I'll never die. Today is March 7th, 1985. The following recording is taken from our session with subject C-13, which we conducted this morning. As with the other subjects, C-13 was recruited from the undergraduate population at the University of Eastern Colorado and was paid $8 an hour for his participation. He was not told the nature or intentions of the study. C-13 was dosed with... 
200 milligrams of Agent 57. This tape begins five minutes after ingestion. Can you tell me how you're feeling? I'm feeling well, thank you. I'm going to ask you a series of questions that I would like you to answer for me. Okay. Have you ever considered yourself to have violent tendencies? No. Have you ever gotten into any trouble with the law for something like assault or rape? No. Have you ever been in an altercation in which you severely injured another person, even in self-defense? No. Finally, if I asked you to shoot yourself right now, would you do it? Upon exposure to Agent 57, the subject's higher cognitive function became severely impaired. Response to stimuli, reflexes, and problem-solving were all diminished. His openness to suggestion was even more heightened than subjects dosed with the previous iteration of the compound. That being said, the compound's longevity was not satisfactory. The effects began wearing off 30 minutes after ingestion. In the next trial run, we'll bump the dosage up by 25 milligrams. Mr. Scott has raised some concerns that higher dosages might remain in the subject's blood-brain barrier for extended periods of time. While it warrants further observation, I've determined the risk of this possibility to be relatively minimal. I want you to know that you are so completely fired, Andy. How is this my fault? Your job was to make sure nobody called the cops. And yet, and here's the kicker here, there are cops outside. Ergo, this is explicitly your fault. Oh, come on. Oh, what's that? I can't hear you over the sound of there being cops outside. They're not cops, Costa. They look like cops. They walk like cops. They talk like cops. Now, I might not have your technical know-how, but what I do have is a career full of experience running away from fascist pigs. And the folks who drove up in black vans would be liable to make Tojo blush. So please, explain their non-copness to me. Listen, I don't know, okay? Oh, you don't know? Now there's a shocking turn of events. I don't know who they are, but I know they aren't cops. Nobody called 911. Nobody pulled the silent alarm. And even if they had, we should have had between five and seven minutes before they got here. You're the one who did all this meticulous planning. Tell me, how long did it take them to get here after you started opening safety deposit boxes? Three minutes, 57 seconds. No cop was gonna get here in three minutes. So what are you telling me, Andy? that someone ratted us out? Because considering the newness of our partnership, this new development does not inspire confidence. You know why I'm in this. You know I wouldn't rat us out to the cops. They're someone else, someone who had a way to know what's going on down here. Someone with a vested interest in getting here real fucking fast. A safe deposit box. I think so. Well, if they're not cops, Who's Mrs. Tall, Gaunt, and Scary? Does she look familiar at all to you? You saw her for longer than I did, but no. Why? I feel like I might have seen her on the news. Well, hasn't this turned out to be complicated? The date is May 4th, 1986. We've had a fatality. 
As per the instructions of Supervising Agent Angela Weaver, we upped the dosage to 275 milligrams. Mr. Scott and I were both uncomfortable, to say the least. Like previous experimental test subjects, C-29 was recruited from the student body and not informed about the nature of the experiment. Five minutes after ingestion, the subject began convulsing and gasping for breath. Shortly thereafter, he entered a state of cardiac arrest. Mr. Randall Scott attempted to resuscitate the subject, but he was unresponsive to CPR. Eleven minutes after ingestion, the subject was declared dead. I... Danny, are you there? Hey, Tony. Are you okay? The bombings on the news, they... Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Just a little, uh, you know. Sure. Abrams is dead. The bomb was in a package that got delivered to his office. If I had actually walked in like a normal person, my internal organs would be external organs. <laughs> Instead, because, you know, I'm... Crushingly awkward, I was just weirdly standing in the doorway, which happens to have saved my life. Are you sure you're okay? More or less. One of the paramedics says I might have a mild case of shock, but I'm feeling not dead, which is, uh, nice. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, thanks. What happened? There's a total news blackout. They're not telling us anything. How big was the bomb? Is anyone else hurt? No, no, it was, it was like... A little pressure cooker thing. It only got Abrams. Is this because of the files he sent you? Are you in danger? I really don't know, Tony. But there was a... What, Danny? There was a poem attached to the package. I don't know how they found a scrap of paper in the debris, but they did. They think... What does that have to do with anything? Listen, have you seen a doctor? Tony, seriously, I'm fine. Listen to me. The poem was attached to the bomb. An untitled Wordsworth thing from the Lucy series. A slumber did my spirit seal. I had no human fears. She seemed a thing that could not feel the touch of earthly years. Okay. So our terrorist is well-read? They like sad dudes who can write and rhyme? Do you remember the Lucy bomber in the 90s? Crazy anarchist named Randall Scott sent packages through the mail to scientists, politicians, CEOs, and every time there was an excerpt from one of Wordsworth's poems. Okay, that's some spooky shit. We haven't even reached peak spooky. He worked in Stan Abrams' lab in the 80s. Wait, your old advisor worked with the Lucy bomber? Yeah, and this fits the pattern. It's almost identical to the last few bombings in 98. What the hell? Is he back for revenge or something? I'm going with or something. Randall Scott died in prison more than a year ago. I think... I think there's a new bomber.
Hello, Madeline. Are you prepared to bargain for the hostages? Is that a power move? That you know my name? Called a demonstration of my resourcefulness. Law enforcement is committed to ending this peacefully. Which, I'm sure, is why you men and women in black have brought everything short of a tank into the Metro Bank parking lot. And given that no actual police officers have shown up yet, I've got a feeling you've been keeping them away. Which additionally makes me think that your unctuous pretense for caring for the people in this bank more than a little bit nauseating. And yes, I did just use the word unctuous. It means greasy, not just physically, but metaphorically, like you. Ms. Costa, I don't think you understand the gravity of the situation you stumbled into. As a matter of fact, I've done my homework too. Now, Angela, do you want to explain to me why the deputy director of the CIA is responding to a bank robbery? Tread carefully now. I am more than willing to kill you and everyone else inside that building. Oh, I believe you. But imagine the PR disaster that you'd get if every one of these terrified hostages texted their loved ones about the merciless Angela Weaver in the moments before their deaths. Which, incidentally, is the message everyone in here has already typed out and is waiting to send. So, you call? That's right. I call. Let me know when you want to talk like adults. How much time do you think we've got? However long it takes that crazy bitch to find a way to cut off cell service. You better find what they're looking for quick, or she might drop a bomb on all of us out of damn spite. This has been Fireside. You were listening to episode two, Strange Fits. The voice of Danny Carroll is Annie Sanger. The voice of Stanley Abrams is Zach Rosen. The voice of Madeline Costa is Aaron Hebert. The voice of Angela Weaver is Aurora Broadway. The voice of Tony is Marianne Konnikoff. The voice of Andy West is Jackie Farrow. The voice of subject C-13 is Sean Sullivan. Our theme music is Crossing Out by Faded Paper Figures. And our closing song is the Late Night Alumni Remix of Cyclone C, which is also by Faded Paper Figures. Both of these can be found on their new EP, Kronos, available on iTunes, Spotify, and others. Our special thanks to Professor R. John Williams for allowing us to use the music. Thanks as well to Erica Wax and the Yale Drama Coalition. Firesign is written, directed, and edited by Chasen Hall and produced by Connor Shustak. Our podcast is recorded and edited at the Yale Digital Media Center for the Arts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>